wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! I'm back! Miss me? The Ultimate Warrior will run forever! Welcome back, folks, to WrestleRant Radio, the final WrestleRant Radio of 2014. It's been a huge year for the show. Really much appreciate your support. Today, we're going to be revealing the results of the 2014 WWE TNA Year in Review Awards only on NextZeroWrestling.net. We're going down the polls, giving our thoughts on it, and I say we because it's going to be both me, Graham, GSM Matthews, and my good friend, John Napolitano, at John Knapp on 17. Follow him if you aren't already. Very good friend of mine. We've had him on a year on the show before. Um, very excited to have him back, and we were conversing with the WWE, just shooting the WWE breeze over a couple of, a couple of weeks ago, and um, we finally got together last night to watch the excellent edition of Monday Night Raw, which we will talk about at the start of our podcast um, so you'll get to hear a little bit about that. But still, though, tonight we're going to be talking about the year of 2014 as a whole for the WWE. Our thoughts on how 2015 can be better, how 2014 may have been better than 2013, and all the key moments from Daniel Bryan winning the WWE World Heavyweight Championship to announcing his return last night on Monday Night Raw to The Undertaker's streak being conquered at WrestleMania 30. So much going on in WWE in 2014 that we analyzed it all. Who was the wrestler of the year? Who was the... What was the match of the year? What was the show of the year? Who was the most biggest disappointment of 2014? We're going to find that all right here, right now, only on WrestleRant Radio. Myself and at John Knapp 17 break it all down for you right here tonight in the final episode of 2014 of Wrestle Rant Radio. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, so I'm sitting here with at John Knapp 17 on Twitter. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Graham. How are you doing? Doing good. We're sitting here on the 30th of December. It is the 30th. Only 48 hours away from the final from 2015, and last night we witnessed the final Raw of 2000. And 14. So before we get into the year in review awards and everything else going on right now, I want to get your thoughts on the final Raw of 2014. Well, I thought it was one of the better Raws all year, to be honest. I mean, uh, we were we were uh, delighted to a lot of uh, great action last night. A lot of uh, surprising promos took place. But um, uh, aside from the uh, you know lackluster uh, closing to the show, I thought it was one of the top three best shows of the year. I mean... That normally would be a great superlative, but we weren't treated to that many good shows. I mean, aside from the uh, post-WrestleMania show, uh, the show that you and I attended in June. June 30th, 2014, uh, Hartford, Connecticut. <laughs> there weren't that many great shows. I, I definitely said that this one was up there, but uh, yeah, no, I definitely enjoyed the show last night. And the ending that you're talking about, the authority coming back to the WWE so soon. It's only been a month since they left power. And they're already back in WWE. I don't have a problem with that as much as how it took place. Now, it, sure, it's cool that they uh, held Edge Ransom and, you know, John Cena brought them back and everything. But was it just me or did it seem so 
long and drawn out for, for for anyone to care. I mean, Seth Rollins was just like just talking on the microphone, and Cena was just standing there. And what what happened to Christian? I saw Matt Hardy tweet this. Uh, Christian took a shot to the ribs with the Money in the Bank briefcase and was out for the for the rest of the segment. I guess he's got the rest of the twenty minutes I, of the I, show I, went I, on for. I guess he's got bad ribs, but um. Yeah, no, the, the segment as a whole was not great. I mean, especially, I know I wasn't the only one waiting for uh, Randy Orton to come out and uh, save the day, and when he didn't, and we saw Triple H and Stephanie McMahon kiss instead, that wasn't exactly what uh, I was looking for. Neither was I. I mean, it was more so the fact that Orton not coming back, I was not too disappointed with, because we already got bad news, Barrett, Brock Lesnar was on the show already, and everything else that went on. Last night on Monday Night Raw, and he will be back either next week or the Rumble itself in a couple more weeks. Just the authority. I mean, we were talking about this last night. I am personally not a fan of general managers and authority figures. The whole heel shtick has been done to death to me. But you posed an interesting theory, a booking idea, to get around bringing the authority back. I mean, at this point, it's all null and void. But what was your idea with Paul Heyman? Oh, with Paul Heyman. Uh, I was thinking that um, a creative way to bring the authority back in a good light would to get a uh, ty- tyrannical, you know, uh, dictator in there. Someone we hate more than we hated the authority. Um, so if we had, you know, Paul Heyman running Raw, or even like Commissioner Heyman or something, just making everyone li- everyone's live he- lives hell, uh, maybe John Cena would be like, all right, it's time to bring him back. Then you bring just Triple H back as a babyface. All right, now everyone's excited to see Triple H. I mean, he's been heel since summer of 2013. It'd yep. be, be fine to bring him back as a babyface. And uh, have him, you know, uh, step up to Paul Heyman, you know. And then if you want to go into it, the only problem would be if you wanted to uh, do Triple H Sting, it'd be hard to know that he's a babyface. But it's it's the only way that I saw bringing the authority back in a, in a positive light and something that we could all get on board with is if you have someone even more disgusting and more healed than the authority in power. So then we miss the authority and then you bring him right back in. And like you said, the authority as a heel, as a heel faction, is something that we've seen time and time again. More recently than I'm talking about, like the last 15 years. But the authority was opening raw every single week. You and I were complaining about this at nauseum for months. And they finally left power. Do you think, I'll ask you this, do you think that the authority coming back so soon, a month after they were taken out of power, uh, hinders the win of Dolph Ziggler in the main event of Survivor Series? And more importantly, the debut of Sting at that same event. I mean, no one's going to forget that. Survivor Series was most definitely a memorable pay-per-view. Um, the main event itself was phenomenal, especially the return of Sting. So it's not like the return of the authority is going to um, make anyone forget that. Of course, in uh, WWE logic, once uh, you're a week past something, you're supposed to forget it. So um, I, I, I guess they think that we all forgot what the, the hardship that Dolph Ziggler went through. You know, the man they call Sting making his... Uh, debut in St. Louis, but um, I don't think it exactly hinders it, but you know, for for intelligent fans like us, it's kind of like, well, why, why'd you do that? I mean, we all love Dolph Ziggler, we all love Sting, but it's like, what was the point? Um, but I'm not going to forget it, I hope people don't t- sometime soon forget that uh, Dolph Ziggler really put it all in the line at Survivor Series, great showing by him, it was great to see Sting, now that the authority's back in power, it doesn't take any anything away from them. Like you said, one of the best moments of the year, one of the best shows of the year, one of the best matches of the year of 2014. That was at the tail end of 2014. That was only a month ago. Let's talk about the year as a whole. 2014 for WWE. We'll talk about TNA a little bit. It's a little different for TNA. But WWE on the whole, your thoughts. What was What's one word that would sum up 2014 
in your mind? Memorable. How about you? I would say historic. I would definitely historic. say memorable, historic. In what way? Memorable in that we had so many that not consistently great book booking shows, but uh, just a lot of memorable moments. A lot of it's it, it's not necessarily something to complain about. I mean, we just had a lot of like you're saying history take place. A yep. lot of a lot of things that are going to go down in the history books. I mean, I know you and I are thinking right off the bat, Undertaker streak getting uh, broken at WrestleMania 30 by Brock Lesnar. But you got uh, Brock Lesnar also winning the WWE Championship at SummerSlam. You got the Authority being taken out of power at Survivor Series. So a lot of uh, a lot of memorable moments. So uh, Daniel Bryan, uh, especially what he did last night on Raw, I, we we skipped over that. I gotta say real quick, that was the most emotional I've been since uh, watching uh, John Cena go over Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 23. And in that instance, I took my John Cena action figure. Threw them in the garbage. I took all my John Cena magazines and burned them. So this was pretty emotional when I was watching Daniel Bryan almost retire last night. You know, he almost had me. But uh, I would definitely say that this year as a whole has been memorable. They should have had that close the show last night. To be, you know, in retrospect, if they weren't going to have Orton return, they needed to close the show with something big. In a way, they did. Not in a good light. But they should have closed the show with that. I mean, if you're bringing the authority back, you can't just do that. Oh, 10.30, here's the authority. All right. Yeah, I guess the rest of the show would have been dragged down, you know, after that. Cause you, can't, you can't gloss over a huge a huge misstep like that. Like It's true. But Daniel Bryan coming back to the ring, announcing his in-ring return for the first time in eight, nine months, was also a big deal, too. Well, that just confuses me, because I've read no reports, like, I don't, unless, the, unless no one has any good rumor mills, but, I mean, I've read no reports that Daniel Bryan is in any shape to return anytime soon. And apparently he knows he's in good shape. I hope it. I hope he. I hope he really is in good shape. But uh, I've read nothing that he's uh, scheduled to come back anytime soon. So that was a su- definitely a surprise to us all. I, I, I hope I can speak for everyone when Daniel Bryan said that he was uh, planning on coming back for the Royal Rumble. Like you said before, him winning the WWE World Heavyweight Championship among the top moments of the year. Undertaker streak breaking, uh, being broken by Brock Lesnar, him winning the WWE World Heavyweight title, the Shield breaking up, CM Punk leaving the company back in January, the WWE Network, new logo, everything else that went on in 2014. Like you said, a historic year. So you said you voted before in the 2014 WWE TNA Year in Review Awards. Before we get into that, any brief thoughts on TNA, the year in a whole for them? I mean, unfortunately, uh, even even when TNA was at its peak, which was a long time ago, I wasn't... I wasn't a huge uh, watcher. I mean, I would I, I would rarely tune in live. Uh, I was a big uh, proponent of recording it and watching it on Fridays, maybe Saturdays sometimes. But um, I mean, everyone uh, when you think about TNA in 2014, you think about the New York tapings because that was their uh, attempt at resurging their product, and um, it definitely paid off in in some aspects. Uh, it got me more interested in the product, even though it was you know kind of same song, same same dance, but uh. Honestly, I think that was that was a good step for them. It's going to be a greater step for them in 2014 for them to get on Destination America. But for TNA as a whole in 2014, um, I'd say they put in a valiant effort. Um, they they're definitely going in the right direction. They see that they're you know a semi-pro wrestling organization and they're trying to step it up. They're not complacent. They're they're definitely attempting to you know get back to where they once were. So like you said before, the New York tapings I thought were really the peak of TNA in 2014 because everything else that happened before that, from what I can remember, nothing too good from TNA. They were kind of floundering for a while. 
those New York tapings didn't save TNA. I think at this point, nothing is going to save TNA. I'm not saying they're going to go out of business next year, but um, I think at this point, they just need a major overhaul of the company, which they are having. New logo, new channel, like you said before, all new set. It's going to be great. But um, yeah, the New York tapings, they brought back Team 3D, the Wolves, the Hardys. Great series of matches between those three teams, one of which got nominated for Match of the Year. We'll talk about that in a little bit, whether that won or not. But, um, yeah, it's been an interesting year for TNA. I just read, actually, right before we started recording this, Kurt Angle officially resigning with TNA. Um, any brief thoughts on that? Well, that's a shame, but, I mean, uh, I guess he's loyal. I guess he's, which would be nice if he was loyal in 2006, but, I mean, uh, I guess he's really loyal to TNA. Um, I, like, I'd, love to, I'd love to see him back in the company at some point. I, I would have rather seen him come back when he's in shape to perform, but if he comes back in 10 years for a Hall of Fame induction... That's fine with me. Absolutely. So it's going to be a big year for 2015 for for Impact Wrestling, TNA, whatever you want to call it. They're going back to New York in the 7th for another set of New York tapings. They've got everything else going on, a major overhaul of the company. So here's hoping 2015 is a better year for WWE or for TNA and WWE both. Do you think, quick question before we go into the awards here, we're kind of delaying this, but do you think 2014 was a bigger and better year for WWE than 2013? Because we all, we've all said it was historic. But do you think it was a good year versus 2013? Um, that is a tough question. 2013 and 2014 were you know, very different. Uh, they they focus on different, uh, very different things. But if you look um, at what the core wrestling fan admires about let's, a year of wrestling, you know, the main pay-per-views, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, if you just compare those... 2014 was immensely better. Just at their at their core four pay-per-views. WrestleMania 30 compared to WrestleMania 29, there's no competition. Alright? SummerSlam 2013 and SummerSlam 2014, both very good shows, but um, I think that, you know, SummerSlam 2014 might have been, you know, a little bit better. Survivor Series 2013, you and I can attest to this, was god-awful. <laughs> yeah. And Survivor Series 2014 wasn't great, but I mean, the main event was awesome. Then you got Royal Rumble 2014 and 2013, uh, which, you know, was lackluster this year. Last year they had Rock vs. Punk. But, yeah, um, well, they brought back Batista, whether that's for better or for worse, yeah. but um, it was what it was, though. I'd say, as a whole, uh, 2014 was, you know, it was it was better than 2013. And, I mean, there's a lot there's a lot more uh, aspects of the year to analyze, but just, be, just having watched all 52 episodes of Raw this year, um, most of the episodes of SmackDown, NXT, just like I just think that it's we're on we're on the incline right now. We're going upwards, which is which is good. Uh, the product isn't where I would like it to be. I mean, you know, it's a pendulum, Graham. It's a pendulum. Sometimes it's going to be in the high swing, and then sometimes it's going to be in the low. You and I this this summer were saying that the product was better than it ever was, and it was. The product in the summer was great, and then when we got into September. Started started declining a little bit. Started that with that raw that I was here for August twenty fifth. August twenty fifth. Um, but I mean, I I'd like to I'd like to think that with the authority coming back, we're getting into WrestleMania season. That we have a lot of uh, good content coming up. But um, we just gotta wait and see. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. I don't know if I would call it a better year. I think I would, but uh, like you said, I think there were more higher highs and lower lows for WWE this year. I don't think the programming was as consistently good as it was last year. Both the summers of 2013 and this year were both very good. The, the fall sucked this past year. Don't remember much about the road to WrestleMania except until like the very end. I thought it was good with Daniel Bryan and everything else going on. And then right after WrestleMania, we were just kind of in a lull again. But um, 
But but 2013, I mean, it, it wasn't much different. Like, no, it wasn't. No, not like much. You said no. the summer was great, but the fall of 2013 was Ooh. a snooze fest. I mean, I think it was even worse than this year. So I, I would I would agree. And uh, the road to WrestleMania 2013 was all about seeing a rock, and no one wanted to really see that. I mean, at least you got something new. So. Unless you wanted to see Del Rio Swagger. Oh, true. <laughs> or if you're like me and you wanted to see Punk Cena rock. Yeah. Why'd they make a graphic, Graham? Why'd they make a graphic? <laughs> But uh, absolutely, and I think the biggest thing versus last year is you look at the people on top last year. Look at the people in the in the championship matches. You got John Cena, Mark Henry at one point, Ryback, who's actually come onto his own recently, which is great. Cutting a great promo last night. Um, who else was in the title picture? Randy Orton, Daniel Bryan. Yep. Daniel Bryan, a fresh face, but aside from that, though, wasn't really you know he was already an established star by that point. Um, Twenty fourteen. Let's look at the people in the title picture. John Cena, Brock Lesnar, something new. We've seen it before, something yeah. new for right now. Roman Reigns, and also in main events as well, Bray Wyatt, Dean Ambrose, Rusev coming up onto Randy his own, Orton. Randy Orton as well, a Batista coming back. So a lot of fresh faces, for better or for worse, in the title picture in 2014. we got a lot of new stars this year. Uh, so. uh, that, that's, I think that we'll look back on this year and see uh, a year of breakout stars. I mean, oh, absolutely. Um, if... Just the shield breaking up has created three monumental stars, and you got to give a lot of credit to Dean Ambrose, who I feel has not been given a lot of credit, as he's really been, you know, other than Seth Rollins, who's really been doing well. I feel like Dean Ambrose is, has a huge ball to carry, and he doesn't get as much recognition. He has he has this huge weight, like he he him and Bray Wyatt are going up and down the road all around the nation, putting on the same match and entertaining everyone. I think that. He's he's a lot of the reason people are tuning in, and he's not he's not out there gloating. They're not even giving him that many wins. He's doing a lot of jobbing this year, but he's really getting people to tune in. So I think that he needs a little more recognition than he's due. I mean, everyone everyone's high in Roman Reigns. The people are still chanting Rollins sold out, and I mean, it's seven months later, really, like come on. Uh, but I think that Dean Ambrose is uh, the dark horse of uh, the shield breaking up, in my opinion. And also a dark horse to win the 2015 Royal Rumble. I mean, anything can happen, but uh, ever since last night, my money's on Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns, Dolph Ziggler, Dean Ambrose, maybe even throw in Bray Wyatt or something. There's a lot of potential winners for the for the 2015 Royal Rumble. But, um, yeah, like you said before, this year was all about building new stars, especially with NXT. I think they've done a better job than ever before of building up new talent. Here's hoping they can continue to do that in 2014 or 2015 with guys like Sami Zayn, Adrian Neville, um, whoever else, Hideo Itami, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, who we're a big fan of. So I look forward to that. But uh, now kicking it off, 2014 WWE TNA Year Interview Awards, only on NextDayWrestling.net. Kicking it off, feud of the year here. Oh, don't look, don't look. I'm going to review the results. Yeah, I'm going to review the results. So, so here are the candidates for feud of the year. These are also including TNA, of course, like I said before. Bobby Roode versus Lashley. Great feud. Bully Ray versus Dixie Carter. All right. Daniel Bryan versus The Authority. Yes, please. Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins. Eh. AJ Lee versus Paige. And The Shield versus Evolution. Okay. So what do you think won? Who do you want to win? Who did you vote for? Can I just say that I voted at least 100 times? So I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if I uh, really swayed the, uh, the out- outcome, but I'm confident... And I voted for Daniel Bryan versus the Authority for Feud of the Year. Did you think that was the Feud of the Year? Because I did. I mean, that was when I was most immersed. I was, I got, I really got behind Daniel Bryan. I mean, in 2013, when Daniel Bryan was doing the Team Hell No thing, I thought it was funny. I wasn't a huge Daniel Bryan guy though. But when I saw him do his work against the Authority earlier this year, that was when I really got behind him. So I thought that was definitely the most moving Feud of the Year. 
uh, that's what got me the most immersed in the product. I think that was the also the award that um, this category last year I think was won by also Daniel Bryan versus The Authority because they had oh, that feud in, in the final half. 2013. Exactly, and then they continued in 2014. So um, <clears throat> we'll see if it won here. So winning with 38.6% of the vote, beating out the runner-up 36.8% of the vote, winning it Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins, runner-up Daniel Bryan versus The Authority. Right. I have to agree with this. I thought Dean Ambrose versus Rollins, Bryan versus The Authority was great, but... I think early on it was more frustrating. I think more people, like, we are logical bookers. And even I was getting very frustrated with how they were booking Daniel Bryan because had Punk not left, had the funds, had the fans not revolted and whatever else, we would not have gotten Daniel Bryan winning that championship at WrestleMania. at WrestleMania. So I don't think that was the original plan at all. At least Dean Ambrose versus Rollins. Rollins turns on him in early June. They do it at Money in the Bank, Battleground, SummerSlam, Night of Champions, blow it off inside Hell in a Cell, the main event of the show. And Rollins goes over again, which I think is a good thing because when Ambrose eventually beats him, it's going to mean something. So what were your thoughts on the Dean Ambrose-Seth Rollins feud? I've got to say, that was a phenomenal feud. I don't want people to think that I wasn't behind Dean Ambrose on that feud because I was really, I really was. And I think that feud was great. But that feud to me is like Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock 1997. Going for the Intercontinental <laughs> Championship. Those guys one day are going to hit it off huge. They are going to face each other at WrestleMania multiple times. They are going to have... Great, 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 great rivalries to come. Like, they're going to write so many more chapters in this book. But I think uh, right now they're at the intermediate level. They're at the, uh, we're just beginning this. So, uh, for me, it was kind of like, well, I mean, they're going to have so many more chapters to go in this book of Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins. Dan Ryan versus The Authority, it was long, it was drawn out, sure. But, I mean, once it culminated at WrestleMania, I mean, I was, I was all on board. So... I think Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose was a phenomenal feud. I was it was my, probably my favorite feud of the summer, um, but uh, I just think that it's too early for them to have feud of the year. I think like you know once Dean Ambrose's top star babyface, Seth Rollins top star heel, even reverse if you want because they could do they could do in reverse. They could, yeah. That then you're gonna <clears> go, all right. This is feud of the year right here. But uh, for me, it was Daniel Bryan versus the Authority. I think the next time they feud, it very well could be over the WWE World WWE Championship. Both guys are that great, and I think if it could even happen, like we said before, we were talking about this last night when we were watching Raw, Triple Threat Shield match. Like I think if you have a three-way feud with all three of those guys, Reigns, Rollins, and Ambrose, yes, that's a feud that you can do for years upon years before they eventually reunite on Monday Night Raw, which, like you said, and I quote, is going to be insane. I could not agree more. So I love that feud. I'm glad that one won. Dean Ambrose versus, versus Seth Rollins. Pay-per-view of the year. Six categories or six options here to choose from. Um, we'll kick it off with the TNA shows. TNA Slammiversary. TNA Bound for Glory from Japan this year. WWE Payback from June. WrestleMania 30. Survivor Series. And SummerSlam. So, who did you want to win? Who do you think won? I mean, there were two uh, two horses for this race that were neck and neck for me. And that was SummerSlam and WrestleMania. They were both phenomenal wrestling shows. But when you look at the completer package, the best wrestling show, you have to give it to WrestleMania 30. That was the best pay-per-view of the year. There were, there were great moments and great matches. And that makes her a good pay-per-view. I think SummerSlam on the whole I thought was better... On the whole, because at least at WrestleMania, we didn't get, you know, we got Cena going over like, oh, this sucks, and that match wasn't even that good. The streak ending, so there was a little bit of a lull, but like you said, it was historic. Like, the entire year as a whole, that was 2014 in a nutshell, was was WrestleMania 30. Um, SummerSlam, I thought was better on the whole, but 
as memorable as it was, like with Lesnar winning the championship, I thought when you look back on 2014, you will remember WrestleMania 30 more off more more so than SummerSlam. Well, you know that, what I mean? That usually goes for every every single year. Ever. Yeah, usually, yeah. But I, th- I like we talked about when this first happened. I think it was like the beginning of one chapter with stars emerging in the Shield. Daniel Bryan, even though I got injured afterwards, whatever. Um, who else went over on that show? Not Brock Lesnar, but you know the, the Undertaker streak. You know, ending on that show, a Cesaro winning that Andre the uh, Thirty Man Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Um, so a lot of stars emerging victorious on that show. So what what, what do you think on this one? WrestleMania Thirty. I would say that WrestleMania Thirty was the best pay per view. Twenty fourteen had a lot of great pay per views. WrestleMania SummerSlam Survivor Series. It's a shame Ray Rumble didn't deliver because that could have been like the best best four pay per views in years. You know what I mean? Um, but winning the poll was sixty two point five percent of the vote. WrestleMania 30, and I could go. not agree more. Coming up at number two, SummerSlam with 17.9, so a wide, wide margin between the two options. So WrestleMania taking the cake, and uh, like I said before, WrestleMania 30, great show. Do you think it was the best WrestleMania in years and since when? I mean, I am a huge, huge, huge fan for WrestleMania 28. I think that that is one of the most underrated WrestleManias in a long time. Um, I didn't think... I thought that WrestleMania 30 sure was... I mean, not even more memorable. I mean, uh, the, the, everyone just looks at the streak and they stamp it on WrestleMania 30 and they'll just push it down the assembly line. Like, oh, that's when Undertaker lost. All right. So, I mean, of course, that's that's you're going to you're gonna stamp that on WrestleMania 30 and that's gonna, it's going to have that connotation forever. But, I mean, if you look at WrestleMania 28, there were a lot of big moments on that pay-per-view. That, that, that WrestleMania gets me so excited because I just mean, that was that was like at the height of my fandom as a wrestling fan, just watching Cena rock, which is, in my opinion, the most underrated WrestleMania main event of all time. I mean, everyone... I can just, attest to that, yeah. I can everyone just hates that match so much, but if you watch it back, and just with the, the memories of the full year build, that match isn't even that bad, especially if you go to MetLife Stadium 2013 <laughs> and watch that piece of garbage match. <laughs> WrestleMania 28 looks like a pretty damn good show. Way better match. Especially when you got Punk versus Jericho, Undertaker versus Triple H. Phenomenal match. Orton versus Kane. Uh, that was all right. Uh, just opening, opening the night, Daniel Bryan versus Sheamus. Memorable moment when Daniel Bryan lost in 18 seconds. And then they had a great match at Extreme Rules. So, I mean, it's, I, I'd say WrestleMania 28, for me, has been my favorite WrestleMania in years. Probably since WrestleMania 19. So, um, WrestleMania 30... Had its moments, but it's just forever going to be stamped as Undertaker lost that night down the assembly line. So, uh, as a, a complete WrestleMania show, my favorite WrestleMania 28. I'd have to go with my favorite WrestleMania, WrestleMania 28 too. I'd probably say that WrestleMania 30 was better because I think uh, I don't know. I maybe I would call it more memorable or more historic anyway. Because I mean, we got Cena and Rock, of course, the new World Heavyweight Champion. WrestleMania 30 got the opening show with. You're opening the show with Hulk Hogan, Stone, Stone Cold, Cold, and The Rock. Best opening segment in WrestleMania history, hands down. So you have that. Cesaro. I mean, if we're taking in Aftermath, and maybe not. Like, with Cesaro, didn't go anywhere. Bray Wyatt lost. Was never the same after WrestleMania, in my opinion. But um, in the, in the streak ending, people say it was uh, it didn't, shouldn't it shouldn't have happened, especially with everything going on with Lesnar right now. Whatever. But I think WrestleMania 30 will go down as one of the best manias of all time, in my opinion. Or more historic, anyway. But um, I do have to agree with you. My favorite mania of all time would have to be WrestleMania 28. The three main events on that show all delivered. WWE title match, 
the Hell in a Cell match between Taker and Triple H and Rock and Cena. I agree with uh, Cena, and, Cena and Rock being an underrated matchup. I think that, that does not get the credit it deserves, especially after the year-long buildup. But we got our next award here, the Show of the Year. Not talking about pay-per-view, the show. Awesome. So, of course, the categories here include Monday Night Raw, Friday Night SmackDown, WWE Main Event, TNA Impact Wrestling, WWE Superstars, and WWE NXT, of course. So I can't I, believe I almost forgot that. I, I know what I voted for, and I know what you probably want to win. Um, and 100% my vote was WWE NXT. Uh, <laughs> I just think, I mean... Far and beyond. I just mean, they are doing everything right in, at Full Sail University. They are doing everything that a wrestling show requires. It is an hour long. They put on gr- They put on great matches. And I mean, it's it's not they don't they don't overdo it, and that's that's what's great about it. And the best part is they keep it simplistic, all right. And then when they get to NXT Takeover, they go all out, they go balls to the wall, and it's amazing every single time, all right. They don't put Grumpy Cat in the middle of the ring. <laughs> so I mean, just NXT is like. When and especially when you look at where it began or what it began as, five years ago, what it began as and then what it is now, and it's just it's crazy to see its evolution and how far it's come as a show. Our evolution, uh, exactly. It's it's just it's it's amazing to me, and it's it's really it's on the rise. Because in my opinion, I was talking to my cousin about this, and he, um, I was saying like. There's no reason NXT can't become the next WCW. He's like, what are you talking about? It's the same it's the same company. I'm like, yeah, but I mean... They're they, giving them more competition they, than TNA ever will. They have their own following on the net. People who watch NXT, or uh, people who watch Raw don't watch NXT. I mean, you get the casual viewer who might not even own the WWE Network. I mean, this you're you're giving them an, an alternative of great wrestling. Why, why would the wrestling fans not gravitate towards this alternative, which is great? So I'm, I'm, there's no reason why NXT can't be huge competition to Monday Night Raw. Huge. I think it absolutely is already. You had the R Evolution special and then the TLC pay-per-view a couple days later. There was no comparison. At there was R Evolution all the way. So like you said, I like the simple booking. You can't really blame the three-hour versus one-hour. It's not WWE's fault. Um, they get money off that third hour. So I, I mean, as much as I would love to see them go back to two hours, we were talking about that last night, it would be an upgrade if they went back to two. Like, that would be the live special for Raw. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I would absolutely tonight, have to go with NXT here. Tonight, viewer's choice, a two-hour Raw. Yes! <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be amazing. But, you know, you're, you're someone that's come on to like NXT. Because we talked over the summer back in July when we went camping, and you weren't already watching NXT, or at least not regularly. So what was it? Was there any one point when you started to tune in on a regular basis? Was there one thing that hooked you? I think it was later in the summer when a picture came out of Triple H, Kenta, Finn Balor, and uh, Kevin Steen all throwing up the, uh, the wolf pack. And I was thinking, wow, they're, they're really creating a, a group of guys down here that are going to literally take over in the future. They're going to be the future of the WWE. Like, they have this young crop of guys that will be headlining WrestleMania's years to come. So I was, that, that just got me on board, just seeing that picture. I mean, I've been, I've been watching ever since. I mean, the, the TakeOver specials are unlike anything. I'm sure if you put the TakeOver special as one, uh, if you consider it a pay-per-view, if you put that up against WrestleMania, I 30, should have in retrospect, WrestleMania yeah. 30 SummerSlam, it would probably win. <laughs> oh, it absolutely because would, yeah. Because it was the better wrestling show. It was. SummerSlam and 
uh, WrestleMania. I mean, just just looking at the facts. I remember you just compared our evolution and TLC. Watch our evolution. You have a phenomenal women's championship match that goes on second to last and steals the freaking show. Like, there's a crazy good match between Sasha Banks and Charlotte. Then you go to TLC, and you have, <laughs> I don't even remember who faced all, AJ Lee and uh, Nikki Bella. Yes, yeah. And, like, I love them both, but it's just not even close. And it's <laughs> scary that these developmental divas are taking better bumps and doing better things in the ring than Nikki Bella and AJ Lee. Well, I think half of it has to do with the booking of these matches as well for the Divas. Because I don't, I don't want to go and say, because in some cases it is true, with, especially with Eva Marie, and then you got Sasha and Charlotte on, the, on NXT. It should be the other way around, if you think about it. But um, it's also the booking of the Divas, too. And they're giving, they're giving them, what, two, three, four, five minutes? They're not giving them much time. The stories suck. They're as simple as hell. The Bella stuff annoys me because they never explain that away. So there's a lot of stuff on the main roster that kind of bothers me, but partly it is due to the better athletes. Part of it is due to the fact they just don't take the women seriously. And I do think that down in NXT, they treat them like it's a main event. Like you said, they went on second to last. It was one of the bigger, one of the biggest main events on that show next to the W or next to the NXT title match. Definitely. So I thought that was a great show. Um, did not put this on the list, of course. Oh, well, of course, seventy-three point seven percent voted NXT. I don't know if I, re- I... Oh, I didn't even say that. Yeah, so NXT won it. 73.7%. Up next, Monday Night Raw with 14%. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, wide margin. I think that was the biggest... Oh, no, that was not the biggest margin. Oh, we'll get wow. to that in a minute, yeah. Um, we'll get to that in a second. But um, did not put this out of category. I'm kind of hitting myself now because it was not a category last year, obviously. I just repeated the same categories. But um, in your opinion, favorite WWE NX... Not NXT, I'm sorry. Uh, network special... Of 2014, here's some choices here just oh, to refresh I, your memory. Got I've got mine ready. You got you ready? I got mine ready. Okay, well, just to refresh the memory of some people from 2014, here's a few of them: Daniel Bryan's documentary from right after WrestleMania, the Ultimate Warrior documentary from right after he passed away, the Shield documentary, the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast, the USO special, the 30 second, 30 minute special. I'm sorry, and the Vicky Guerrero special and whatever else they did. So. Favorite special of the year? Well, if you didn't cut me off early, uh, <laughs> I, I would remind people of the greatness that was Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast with Mr. McMahon. I tweeted it right after. I said, this was the best WWE Network production since its inception. Since February 24th, 2014, that was the best thing my eyes were laid on since I purchased the WWE Network. Absolutely the greatest thing that what every casual, hardcore, and babyface wrestling fan wants to see. I mean, Mr. McMahon in a candid light. How many times do you see that? How many times do you see Mr. McMahon as Vincent McMahon? Like you might not, never see that again. Like not at, not in character. Like actually, like telling telling how it is. And and Steve Austin, you know, just not taking any any BS from him. You know, just really laying it all out and talking about the hard issues that us fans really wanted to hear about. And oh, I, I could watch that right now and still be excited. So, I mean, like, that had to be the best special the WWE Network has put out of all of the entire year. So I'm hoping they do more stuff like that in the future because they got such rave reviews from everyone, you know, from fans and superstars alike. So I'm hoping they can do more content like that in the new year. So we don't have to go to a whole WWE Network discussion here. But well, can, I, can, I, can I raise one point? And I, I thought about this. This would be, this would be amazing. Uh, what if WWE came to uh, a big deal with like Podcast One, and all of the uh, all of the former WWE superstars and current WWE superstars 
could get a televised version of their podcast on the WWE Network. I mean, similar to what Stone Cold was doing, but except have uh, on the WWE Network a, tel- uh, a televised version of Jericho sitting down with Ryback, just so we can see, because a lot of people are interested in just in just watching and seeing what they're saying. And I mean, the facial expressions say it all, and that's a great way to just get content on the yep. WWE Network. I mean, I'm sure there would have to be a lot of legality uh, issues. Uh, as far as podcast one and WWE Network, but I mean, well, they allowed him to do it last time with exactly. the Stone Cold thing because exactly. they put they, they put the Vince McMahon podcast on podcast one after it aired. Exactly. So, so I, I think that it would be very interesting to see a lot of that uh, continue on the WWE Network. Yeah. So I'm hoping that we get more stuff like that in 2015. It's been a big year for better or for worse with the WWE Network. I and I'm sure you as well are not among the people that would call it a failure. Despite the fact they did not get the amount of subscribers they were hoping for, it's already the end of the year. They did not come close to reaching 1 million. Not in total, but I mean as a current subscriber number. Um, will they reach that by next year, in your opinion? I mean, the if they finally get it out to uh, the fans that want to see it, primarily the UK fans, when, whenever they get that out, I'm sure that uh, the subscriber count will go up. I feel that they probably feel that they've been cheated. I mean, it's been almost a full year, and they have no network. Um, so, I mean, that might deter fans from wanting to buy it, but knowing the, the rabid fans of uh, the United Kingdom, I'm sure once they can get their hands on the WWE Network, they will, and that will highly increase the subscriber count. And I'm looking forward to it, because the WWE Network this year has been great. We've got NXT, all these other wrestling shows, the specials themselves, Countdown, we were watching, what were we watching last night? Rivalries. Um, what else? WrestleMania Rewind we were watching last night, the CM Punk one. So a lot of great stuff on the network. Big fan of it. Looking forward to what they bring in 2015. Up next, Shocker of the Year. A lot of categories here. Once again, WWE TNA. MVP debuting in TNA as the investor back in January. Bully Ray putting Dixie Carter through a table on an episode of Impact back in August. The Shield breaking up. Brock Lesnar ending The Undertaker's undefeated streak at WrestleMania, Sting debuting at WWE at Survivor Series, and Paige winning the Divas Championship upon her debut. So what did you vote for? What do you think, Juan? I voted for, as everyone else did, I can only see this as being a 100 to nothing uh, gap right here, but I voted for Brock Lesnar defeating The Undertaker at WrestleMania 30, because that has been like, the if you could if you could put a headline in 2014, that would be it. Undertaker lost to Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. So, I mean, there's really nothing else I compare to. I mean, Sting, my, I, I would imagine Sting is in second, as that was an extremely shocking moment. It just, it's just unfortunate that it had to happen the same year as Brock Lesnar defeated The Undertaker at WrestleMania. There's nothing comparing to that at all. Winning the, ro- winning the, winning the poll with 81% of the vote, Brock Lesnar ending The Undertaker streak at WrestleMania. Coming up in number two, The Shield breaking up. Oh, wow. With 8.6% of the vote, number three, Sting debuting at Survivor Series with 3.4%. So, um, yeah, going to agree more. There's really nothing else to be said. I mean, we were all in shock. No one thought it was going to happen, except for you. Except I, for you. I, pl- I toyed with the idea, but at the end of the day, I, I thought The Undertaker was coming out on top. I mean, I, I'm i sure a lot of people said, like, oh, what if Lesnar does win? But, I mean, at the end you of the day... You say that every year. At the end of the day, I, I, I didn't see it coming. I was like everyone else who stood up and my jaw was on the floor when... Lesnar got the three count. Every year we always tease the possibility, wrestling fans in general, of Brock Le- or of the Undertaker streak being broken. We never think it's going to happen. It's one of those things you'll ne- you never ever think it's going to happen. But when it finally did, shocking, shocking moment. Never thought it was going to. I never foresee. I never foresaw the streak being broken. 
I, what I, about you? I started wrapping my mind around it when I saw Lesnar hoist Taker up for um, a third F5. If you go back to Taker's past, you know, five WrestleManias going back to WrestleMania 25, he's kind of been wrestling the same match every year, and you can catch on if you look at it. Um, he does a lot of... You can tell he's he's calling the shots in the ring because he does a lot of the same spots in every match, albeit he's worked with Shawn Michaels and Undertaker like four out of the last five years. But um, he does a lot of the same, like, oh, two pedigrees, two tombstones, uh, and then a choke slam will win it. Or, you know, just a, a lot of the, there's a lot of math in Undertaker's, Undertaker's matches that he's calling. Um, and I knew uh, when Brock got his, uh, was going for his third out of five, I'm like, you know, Undertaker doesn't usually get hit with a third finishing move. Like, what's going to happen? And uh, as soon as, as soon as, Brock hooked the leg. I was like, oh my god, like, what just happened? I thought Undertaker might, like, get out of the F5 or something, but no. And uh, there's, I mean, aside from, like, Stone Cold Steve Austin Rock at WrestleMania 19, when the Rock hit, like, three freaking rock bottoms and Stone Cold Steve Austin, three finishers in a match, you're not getting up. So, I think that, uh, that was when I started realizing it was over. It's over. The streak is over. Michael Cole, classic 2015, or 2014, Michael Cole, Line of the year. So, yeah, there's really no debate on that one. Shocking moment of the year. Um, do you think Undertaker will be back next year at WrestleMania? Maybe we can get into another podcast when I do, when we talk about WrestleMania 31. Actually, don't even answer that. We'll talk about that if we ever talk about that. Awesome. Future podcast. We'll keep the fans waiting in suspense. So, Brock Lesnar ending the Undertaker's undefeated streak at WrestleMania wins that poll. Up next, Women's Wrestler of the Year. So, of course, once again, nominees from both WWE and TNA. Here we go. We got Gail Kim from TNA, Havoc from TNA, Brie Bella, AJ Lee, Nikki Bella, and Paige. Who do you think won it? Who did you want to win? I would say that the female wrestler of the year is also the breakout female wrestler of the year, and I have to go with Paige. And also, by the way, I apologize for not including anyone from NXT. This was only solely main roster stuff, so that's why I'd include Charlotte or Emma or, you know, Paige was already in the main roster, so go ahead. Um, I would say that... Paige is both the female wrestler of the year and the female breakout wrestler of the year, and that she she literally just burst on the scene, and she's I mean she's very quiet right now, but her and AJ Lee dominated the Divas division this summer. I mean it was all about Paige and AJ Lee, and I would say that it was probably the the, the year of Paige as far as Divas go. Um, I don't know about your thoughts. I'd like to hear what you have to say. No, no, yeah, I agree. I think Paige. Youngest Divas champion ever, winning the title on her first night in WWE, the night after WrestleMania, do a great response, would lose that championship, turn heel, win it back again on her 22nd birthday at SummerSlam, which we watched here on the show, or at your place, and then having that feud with AJ Lee, so no other diva comes close in my opinion, um, no one else in TNA, no one else in WWE, AJ Lee had a pretty good year, broke the record as the longest reigning Divas champion in history, won the championship on two different occasions, both at the Raw that we were at, June 30th, 2014, as well as Night of Champions a couple of months uh, later, as well as you know winning that multi-diva, the Vicky Guerrero Invitational WrestleMania 30. So a big year for AJ as well. So winning the poll with 36.8% of the vote, AJ Lee. Oh, wow. Also winning the poll with 36.8% of the vote, Paid. So the first, the only one that's got a two-way tire. That is amazing. It's crazy. Amazing. So a case can be made for both women in terms of being the women's wrestler of the year. So I was pretty surprised that it was pretty evenly split between AJ and Paige. So I think AJ won it last year. I mean, there was really no debate because she won the title 
Payback, and she reigned as champion for the rest of the year. Um, so she wins it again along with Paige. So um, hopefully they can, you know, what do you think in your opinion they need to do to improve the perception of the Divas division in the eyes of the fans? I think they just need more consistent writing and booking. I mean, the fact that, you know, they just have these unannounced Divas matches. Like, I have no I have no reason to care when Natalia and uh, Nikki Bella are in the ring. I mean, albeit I do not watch um, Total Divas live on the E! Network. Um, but I shouldn't have to, to, to get involved in the match. I mean, uh, if I just, I just, I've, having never seen Charlotte and Sasha Banks wrestle, I was completely immersed in their match. I couldn't take my eyes off of the screen. And so then when I watched Nikki Bell and Natalia go for two minutes and 30 seconds, I don't really, I don't really, like, I, you didn't give me a chance to even care. Not to mention, they're not, they're not doing that much physicality. I mean, the, their spots aren't that advanced. I'm not asking for, you know, a, a pay-per-view caliber match every night on Raw, but I mean, if you're coming out here to really, you know, catch my eye, you should, there, a lot more should be done than what outfit you're wearing, especially on a wrestling show. So. Exactly. Look, no further than... Actually, last week on NXT, they had a rematch between Charlotte and Sasha Banks on the Christmas episode of NXT. Great match. Almost as great as their Our Evolution matchup that you were talking about before. Fast forward three or four days to Monday Night Raw. Natalia versus Nikki Bella on Monday Night Raw. Match goes all of a minute. I think it was last night. So, like I said, it's not even really the athletes because you got Natalia, you got AJ, you've got Paige. And then there's also some other good athletes in Naomi and uh, Emma and some other ones in the roster. They just don't book them. They don't give them enough time. They don't give them enough stories to get into. Charlotte and Sasha and all the rest of the women on NXT, they give them a story. They give them time. They give people a reason to care. So I think that's what they need to do more of with the women in 2015. Do I see it happening? Absolutely not. They've been um, marginalizing the Divas for God knows how long since Trish and Lita retired. They pretty much just gave up on the women. Or since Mickey left too, I guess I should say. But, um, yeah, I would definitely have to go with AJ and Paige, both winning that poll, two-way tie, so pretty impressive there. We'll speed through next uh, a few of the uh, next ones. Tag Team of the Year. Um, we've got from TNA and WWE both, of course. Three from TNA, three from WWE. First from TNA, the Hardys, Team 3D, and the Wolves. Now from WWE, the Usos, Golden Stardust, and Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. So who do you think won it? I would have to go with the... Um... The the my in my opinion the <clears throat> best tag team we've seen in a long 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 time the Usos I think that they were not only the best tag team of 2014 but they've really um they've really come into their own I mean especially since just watching I just watched um one of their first matches a couple of days ago on the WWE Network and it's just their progression as as tag team wrestlers has has been so amazing to witness and the fact that looking at where they once were as a heel tandem wearing you know skin tight um, tights to now where they are and they're just so charismatic and they're now the tag team champs as, as of last night it's just great to see how far they've come and that I think in my opinion one of the best tag teams now mark my words here of all time I'd say I would agree I would agree I think some people may disagree with that in that a you don't have any much competition I mean there's been some great teams over the year uh, over the years team hell no that we talked about last night um, Air Boom, I thought, was one of my favorite teams. I loved Air Boom. But the biggest problem with all these teams is that they were only together for as long as they were champions. Once they dropped the titles, they went their separate ways. The Rhodes Brothers, I hate Golden Stardust. The Rhodes Brothers were great, but they only held the titles for three months. Started to break up a little bit before they repackaged Cody, which I thought was a mistake. Whatever. 
But um, the Usos don't have a future beyond tag team wrestling. So I think it's great that they're keeping them together. Um, so maybe that's why. But I think, like you said, they have charisma together. They're over, for one thing. They sell merch. Their matches are always consistently great. Now two-time tag team champions. When they won those WWE tag team titles earlier this year, I think it was on that Raw in Chicago, March 3rd. Great show. And um, they finally win their first WWE Tag Team titles for the first time in four years. It was a chase. It wasn't like with Air Boom or Team Hell No. They won the titles in their first month in. Because remember, they had that feud with the Hart Dynasty, with all these other tag teams, with the Shield last year, and they never won the tag team titles. They finally win them um, this past year after four years of chasing when I thought it was a, an incredible chase and incredible long-term booking which I thought you don't see you know too often in WWE, so I thought that was great. So winning the poll with 50% of the vote, the Usos. And of course, this was before the polls closed an hour after they won the WWE Tag Team title. So a lot of people, when voting, did not take that into account. They just had a great year in general. Six-month reigning WWE Tag Team Champs. Here's hoping they can continue to reign as Tag Team Champs going to 2015. Return of the year. So here we've got Chris Jericho from the Raw that we were at June 30th, 2014. Hulk Hogan on the February 24th edition of Monday Night Raw, seven years after he left the company. Yeah, um, Batista returning on the January 20th episode of Raw. The Ultimate Warrior on the April 7th episode of Monday Night Raw. The Rock on the October 6th episode of Monday Night Raw. And Mick Foley on the October 20th episode of Monday Night Raw. So who do you think won? Who did you want to win? I think that you and I can both agree that the man most deserving of this award would be the Ultimate Warrior. And that um, he really left on, on bad terms and he came back and Vince had open arms and you know everyone he left had open arms for him. And it, it was really great to see him come back to the company that uh, he, he really he did a lot of trailblazing in, in the WWE. So it was great to see him come back and take his rightful place um, in the WWE Hall of Fame before he uh, passed away. Incredible moment, incredible weekend with him being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Gracing his presence on the WrestleMania 30 stage. Cutting one last promo, returning to the raw to returning to the raw ring for the first time in 18 years, I think it was, and then passing away the following day. So, just an emotional roller coaster over the course of that one weekend in April, right around WrestleMania time. But um, yeah, winning the vote with 40 percent, 40.4 percent of the vote went to the Ultimate Warrior, the runner-up, The Rock, on the. Uh, October 6th episode of Raw, which you were not in attendance for, but did you like that return, though? Oh, my gosh. I've, I've talked about this time and time again. I wish I was in attendance because it was at the Barclays Center, and I was at, in Long Island at the time, and uh, I really wish I was there, but that return that return was phenomenal. It was great. I don't know that I, I would consider it second out of the list that you gave me, but... Um, that's uh, what the fans voted, 26.3. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. don't know that I would consider it second, but... Um, I, it was it was a phenomenal return to say the least. I think the Rock I thought was awesome, and I mean we're just being biased here, but the Jericho return, the Jericho it return, awesome. it was amazing. We had no idea it was coming. There were some reports online of it, but we didn't hear about it. Great return, interacted with the Miz in a good segment, got attacked by and, the Wyatt family. And it's not even like oh we were in attendance, so the return was special to us. We watched it back on television on the WWE Network. On more than one occasion, and it was amazing to watch on television, too. And I'm sure people would agree. Yes. Oh, my God. I went home that night and saw people raving about that show, and especially that return. I thought it was amazing. So, Ultimate Warrior winning the poll with 40.4% of the vote. Um, this is going to be a controversial, interesting one. So, biggest disappointment of the year from WWE and TNA both. Austin Aries, Magnus, um, Bray Wyatt, 
Bo Dallas, Cesaro, and Damian Sandow before he became Damian Mizdow. Who do you think won? Who did you want to win? I would have to say that the biggest disappointment in 2014 would be my boy uh, Cesaro. In that he, at the beginning of the year, he looked red hot. He looked white hot. He looked there. There was literally no conceivable way that he could be. Uh, he could be miss false started. Like he could be, you know, just not brought to the top correctly. Like everything was on his side. He had all the momentum in the world, and look where he is now. I mean, sure, he cut a promo last night on Monday Night Raw to try and you know win over some fans, get over. But I mean. It wasn't phenom- it wasn't a phenomenal promo. Like what what was this statistic you uh, said last night? That it was someone pointed out to someone else on Twitter saying that it was a ninety eight percent a great promo, but it's that two percent that people will remember the most. Mm-hmm. And someone said sad but true. I agree. So I think that Cesaro has all of the tools to be a great, great, great talent, great worker. He he's, he is. He's got to be pound for pound the strongest guy in the WWE. Sorry to quote JBL there, um, but you know, just a great, great competitor. And the fact that he's still floundering in the mid card right now, even the undercard, like you, it's just it's disgusting to me because he is. It, it just seemed in the beginning of the year that there's no way you can mess this up, and of course. It's been messed up. So, I don't know what gets more disappointing than that. I absolutely agree that he was on a roll in the early part of the year, almost becoming babyface, winning the Battle Royale of WrestleMania Tour. A massive reaction. Joining forces with Paul Heyman, that went sour. Started a losing streak at the Raw that we were at. A lot of shit happened on that episode of Raw. And um, never really was the same after that. He's gotten title shot after title shot after title shot and has lost every single time. So, here's hoping they can resurrect the career of Cesaro going into the new year. But, of course, the biggest disappointment of the year goes to Cesaro with 45.6% of the vote. Runner-up Bray Wyatt with 17.5%. He had his wins, especially more recently. But the whole John Cena feud was a disappointment, in my opinion. After he lost to Cena at WrestleMania, up until he got, quote-unquote, buried on the episode of Raw that I was here for when we were watching it together on August 25th, wasn't the same from, from when he lost to Cena, from when he lost to Cena again on that episode of Raw. Most improved episode, most improved uh, superstar of the year. We've got Gunner from TNA, Ethan Carter the Third, Tyson Kidd, Ryback, The Miz, or Jack Swagger. Who do you think won it? Um, as far as most improved, as meaning where he was and where he is now, you got to give it to Ryback, and that he was doing the whole uh, tandem with Curtis Axel for a while, and he split. He got injured, thankfully, came back as a babyface. And now, I dare say, I mean, it's it's tough between him and Roman, but top two, top three babyfaces in the company right now. So I think that, especially with Orton coming back, it's going to get really really crowded in the babyface section. Ambrose Cena. Yeah, but um, I think that Ryback is honestly up there. He's a huge he's a huge drawing name right now. I mean, he's, he's the top guy in SmackDown right now. He's giving John Cena a break. Um... So, I think that Ryback, considering where he started the year and where he's ending 2014, most improved. But it's you know how sad this really is? Sure, he's most improved from where he started and where he's ending, but he's basically picking up where he left off in 2013. And that had he just never turned heel, this progress would have been made a year ago. Had he never just turned heel... At, uh, to face John Cena Extreme Rules, the Ryback we're getting now, we would have had in April 2013. 
And who's to say he wouldn't be WWE champion by now if he never turned heel? Absolutely agree. I think that was one of the worst things he could have done with the character. The only thing that was ever over about him for the most part was the Feed Me More chant. You take that away from him, he was nothing. That feud with Cena bombed. Feud with CM Punk for a while. Feud with Jericho was never really the same. So I absolutely agree. I think he won the award last year for biggest disappointment of the year. So kind of a reverse, you know, a whole 180 from, you know, a year prior. But winning the poll, this might surprise you. With 45.5% of the vote, Tyson Kidd. Tyson Kidd winning the vote for his work on NXT. And I have to agree with this. This is amazing because the guy was, you know, wasn't even on TV earlier this year. He's been back. He's been, he returned from injury about a year ago. Was not on TV at all. And I'm not counting Total Divas. Came back on NXT. Did some of the best work of his career. And right now he's one of your favorites. Mm -hmm. So Tyson, you were even petitioning for him to feud with Daniel Bryan. I mean, I thought that that would be, uh. That'd be interesting, but um, I definitely think that he needs uh, he needs a program right now. I mean, I, I don't like seeing him out there, you know, just managing Natalia. I mean, he could do that, but as long as he's getting a couple matches on Monday Night Raw, sure, that would be awesome. But uh, I, I don't want them to drop the ball on Tyson Kidd right now. I really don't. He doesn't deserve that after having the ball dropped on him time, time and time again. again. Absolutely agree. So Tyson Kidd winning the poll with forty five forty five point five percent of the vote. Coming in the runner-up at 18.2, Ethan Carter the third from TNA, and number three, Ryback with 14.5. I think the only thing that that uh, that did not work in Ryback's favor was the fact that his push, his the resurgence of his career happened so late in the year. I think that's probably what it was, um, you know, that he came back from injury back in October. Had he come back and maybe... Or, you know, had they turned a babyface at the show that we were at when we were all chanting Feed Me More during his match that night... Had they turned him then, maybe it'd be a different story. But i got to agree with Tyson Kidd here. Newcomer of the year, we've got from TNA and WWE both, Bram, Sonata, Bo Dallas, Rusev, Paige, and Adam Rose. So, kind of a no-brainer, but I want to get your thoughts on it. Well, obviously, my answer right here is going to be Rusev Kurshnya, <laughs> Rusev Machka. Uh, I, I love Rusev. And honestly, um, I, I regret... Uh, earlier this year, uh, thinking that Jack Swagger should have gone over on him. At SummerSlam, yeah. Uh, because he is, he's doing the best work, uh, one of the best heels uh, in the WWE right now. And um, I'm really I'm really excited that he's still undefeated. He's still unpinned and un- he's never tapped out. Because the person who does that, and it will likely be John Cena, <laughs> the person who does that will get a massive response from the WWE Universe. And they will... Ascend the ladder, so um, I honestly, I'm so he is he is a drawing name Rusev. He's a huge huge guy. Uh, I just think that he's doing great stuff, great work on Raw. Definitely definitely a good newcomer. I would love if it was Ryback. We talked about that last night, and he said it himself. We said when we first pitched this idea four months ago, sitting right here in this very den, when you pitched the idea for Ryback versus Rusev. It doesn't need to be a USA versus Russia thing. Like Ryback said last night, it's a big guy kicking a big guy's ass thing. That's exactly what this feud is going to be. So I'm looking forward to their eventual matchup. But um, yeah, Rusev winning the poll with 50.8% of the vote. Coming up in second, Paige with 33.9%. So I agree there. Match of the year. Okay, so very controversial one here. A lot of great picks. So coming in here, all the nominees... We've got from TNA, the only TNA nominee, the Wolves versus Team 3D versus the Hardys in that three-way full metal mayhem match with the tag team titles from October on an episode of Impact Wrestling, the October 8th edition. 
the Fatal 4-Way match for the NXT title from the third NXT Live special, NXT TakeOver Fatal 4-Way. Adrian Neville, Sami Zayn, Tyler Breeze, and Tyson Kidd. The Shield versus Evolution at Payback. Daniel Bryan versus Triple H at WrestleMania 30. Team Cena versus Team Authority from Survivor Series. And The Shield versus The Wyatt Family from the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. A lot of great nominees here. What do you think won? Honestly, in my opinion, I think that the greatest match of 2014 is not on your list. It's not. I was going to put my favorite match of 2014, before we go any further with this, was Adrian Neville versus Sami Zayn, in my opinion. And I couldn't have included that because I started this in early December, so it was... You know, we put that in. The match happened after it. So I would have put that in there. That should have won. But anyway, your thoughts? In my opinion, as far as spots, grandeur, passion, emotion, provocativeness, I think that the full package match 2014 was Daniel Bryan versus Randy Orton versus Batista, WrestleMania 30. Daniel Bryan hoisting the straps up, chanting yes on top of Michael Cole's announce table with the pyrotechnics going off in the set right behind him. Nothing better than that ending. I'm surprised, I am flabbergasted that you do not have them on that match on your list. And I'll, and honestly, I'm pretty sure I voted for Daniel Bryan versus Triple H because that was also a great match from that same night. But um, I would say that as far as the options that you've given, the winner will be Team Cena versus Team Authority. I think a lot of people follow suit with the Slammies and that it was a phenomenal match. Probably the, one of the best pay-per-view main events all year. So I think that that match will win. However, I believe fully that Daniel Bryan, Batista, and Randy Orton should be on this list and they should be winners. WWE.com also voted Team Cena versus Team Authority as the best match of the year. Don't necessarily agree. But that's what they voted. Um, like I said before, my favorite match, I thought the best match of the year was Neville versus Zayn from Our Evolution. Full package, perfect. The only reason why I didn't put that triple threat match, because I was debating this, whether it was... I'm not going to put both matches on here, Daniel Bryan versus Triple H, and then the triple threat. I should have put the triple threat, because I had the moment of Daniel Bryan winning the gold. I thought Triple H and Bryan was also equally awesome, so I should have put that over in retrospect. So you voted for Daniel Bryan versus Triple H? I, I, I'm pretty sure I did, yes. And voted, or you thought Team Cena versus Team Thien is going to Yeah. You, you thought that match is going to win the poll? Okay, so winning the poll here, like I said before, my favorite match was not on here, so I'm not going to even vote. I didn't vote. So winning the poll with 20, a, a really, really close one, okay? First one had 26.3% of the vote. Runner-up had 24 Point six percent. Okay, so winning the poll, twenty twenty six point three percent of the uh, of the vote. Daniel Bryan versus Triple H at WrestleMania thirty. So not wrong on on Team Cena versus Team Authority, but your favorite one that one. Runner up that got the twenty four point six percent of the vote. The Shield versus the Wyatt Family at Elimination Chamber. Okay. Surreal matchup. So I'm glad that one got number two. Number three, nineteen point three percent of the vote. The Wolves versus the Hardys versus Team 3D from Impact That's Wrestling. That's 15.8% of the vote. And number four, Adrian Neville versus Sami Zayn versus wow. Tyler Breeze versus Tyson Kidd from NXT TakeOver Fatal 4-Way. And then tied both at 7%, Shield versus Evolution, Team Authority versus Team Cena. Wow. So very right. surprising poll votes there. So Brian versus Triple H winning it with 263 Awesome. Any final thoughts on the match? 
uh, on that match specifically. Yeah. I just remember, you know, sitting down in my living room watching it, not on the WWE Network because we couldn't get to work, so we had to, not only did I buy the WWE Network earlier <laughs> this year, I also bought the pay-per-view yep. because we could not get the network to work, so I paid $70 that night. Um, but I just remember sitting in my living room just being immersed at the entrance of Triple H and just, you know, seeing Daniel Bryan come down to the biggest yes chance, uh, the the most massive yes chance ever. Just It was a great 29-minute uh, match, and I honestly, I, I enjoyed every second of it. So uh, there's nothing wrong with that match winning. I'm, I'm very happy that it did. And finally, the 2014 Wrestler of the Year, okay? Again, very controversial results here. Going to get your thoughts so, among the nominees were from WWE and TNA, Bobby Roode, Lashley, John Cena, Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, and Dean Ambrose. I wasn't able to include Roman Reigns. I thought Cena was a bigger pick than Roman. He had a bigger year. Even though the 2014 Slammy Award winner for Superstar of the Year isn't even on here. But I thought Cena might have had a better year than Roman. Whatever. Um, so, your thoughts. Who did you want to win? Who do you think won the 2014 Wrestler of the Year? Alright, so this is a very controversial topic as I need clarification. So, we're talking Wrestler of the Year. So, does it matter that they, let's say, just hypothetically beat the Undertaker's WrestleMania <laughs> streak? Or does it matter that week in and week out they're doing these crazy spots and they're called the Lunatic Fringe and they're like, you know, the standard bear of the WWE. What, what, what's better? Wrestling every single week and just putting on great shows or winning the WWE Championship, defending the WWE Championship, and also beating The Undertaker? What would be a better wrestler's, you know, resume? Biggest accolade of the year would have to go to Brock Lesnar. But I'm talking about, like, it's, it's different. In the, I didn't really clarify, obviously, when people were voting. But the wrestler of the year, like, consistently here... If we're talking about like big moments, then I would have put Daniel Bryan on here too, but I didn't put Daniel Bryan because he had that one big moment at WrestleMania and had to leave. So that's why I didn't put him on here. But um, Brock Lesnar's had a hell of a year. Ambrose, Rollins, even John Cena, and the two guys from TNA, Rude and Lashley. So who do you I think won? I would say because I don't think that Brock Lesnar, it's like in baseball, all right? If you want to be considered for the as the best hitter in the MLB or the uh, National League or the American League, you have to have a certain number of at bats to have uh, uh, to be considered in the uh, top ten, top twenty batting averages. All right, if you don't have the 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 uh, certain number of um, at bats, you and you have like a six hundred uh, um, batting average, it doesn't matter because you haven't had the certain number of at bats. So Brock Lesnar hasn't been. He hasn't had enough at-bats at, at in the WWE, so even though he's batting a 1,000, he might as well have gone to the, he's gone to the plate three times. So it's, it's, not, it's not compared to Seth Rollins, who's batting 500, and he's been to the plate 50 times. So I think that wrestler of the year is Seth Rollins. You think so? No, I absolutely agree. I think even though so-and-so has won all their matches in 2014, if you win four matches of the year... It's really not all that impressive. So I absolutely agree. But um, let's see if the people agreed. So winning the poll with 39.3% of the vote, the standard bearer of the WWE, Seth Rollins. And I agree. I think Seth Rollins was the wrestler of the year. You and I were sitting here recording this podcast back in August talking about the superstars of the year. You think 2014, aside from Brock Lesnar, like we said before, had the big achievements, obviously, but of the year as a whole. Do you think Rollins will go down his history as a 2014 Superstar of the Year, as we talked about in the past for WWE? I mean, 
in their in their archives, they're gonna look at the Slammy. They're gonna look at the Slammies and say, "Oh, Roman Reigns was the superstar of the year." But if you just look at everything that Rollins has done, I mean, he's ascend he ascended from the Shield to he's the top heel in the company right now. Yep. I mean, the consistently present top heel in the company. So I think that just his evolution in 2014 has been astounding, amazing, and. Uh, Really, he's truly the wrestler of the year. Truly. And I expect him to win the World Heavyweight Championship finally come 2015. So it's going to be a big year for Seth Rollins. So coming in at number two with 29.5% of the vote, Brock Lesnar. So not really a big surprise there. But the rest of the polls um, featured um, not a huge margin between Brock Lesnar and this third guy. Coming in with 24.6%, Dean Ambrose. So very close between Lesnar and Ambrose. Um, Number four, Bobby Roode with 4.6% of the vote. 1.6% 1.6% of the vote went to Bobby Lashley. There you go, Lashley. 0% of the vote, John Cena. Oh, you, your website is full of smarks, man. No one voted for John Cena. And I remember laughing about that last year. No one voted for John Cena. Not one person. Oh, my gosh. So, um, yeah, very surprised about that. But Seth Rollins, the 2014 superstar wrestler, excuse me, of the year. So, closing it out, John, final thoughts on 2014 plus... Your predictions. We're, we're going to listen to this a year from now and think uh, we're going to see if you were right. Any predictions for 2015 plus your final thoughts on 2014? 2014 has been a great May. A historic year, as I've <laughs> said. A historic year. I, we've seen everything. We've been given the kitchen sink in 2014, and we have loved it. Not necessarily all of us, and not necessarily all the time. But when it's been great, it's been great. And so 2014 will go down as a historic year, to say the least. 2015, you will see Seth Rollins, WWE Champion. You will see Dolph Ziggler, WWE Champion. And you will see Dean Ambrose turn heel at some point. I know that's not my greatest prediction, so I'm not going to finish off on that. You're going to see Roman Reigns, WWE Champion, too. All right, you're going to have three three new champs in 2015. Mark my words. That was your prediction for 2015, John. I also look forward to it. If I had to make any predictions myself for the new year, Seth Rollins will be World Heavyweight Champion. I expect Brock Lesnar to not resign with the WWE and to make his way over to the WWE. Or to, I'm sorry, over to the UFC. Um, let's see, what else could really happen in 2015? Who else can break out? I expect Rusev to finally break out. I don't expect him to win a world title. Um, who do you expect him to? Who do you expect to break the undefeated streak of Rusev? The big guy. The big guy. Ryback. I expect Ryback to... I mean, it's hard to say that he's going to do well. That's not really a bold prediction. I'm trying to think of like something something big. I expect Sting to wrestle a match at WrestleMania. I mean, again, not really a bold prediction. I expect Daniel Bryan... He's already going to be back. We already yeah. know that for sure. So I really don't have any a lot of great predictions. You already just kind of said it yourself. Um, Dolph Ziggler. Seth Rollins. Dean Ambrose heel turn. And Roman Reigns. Three world champions, three new world champions in the year of 2015. So I look forward to 2015. It's going to be a huge year for WWE. Already excited for it. 48 hours away from the future. That being said, John, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Grant. Thank You're you welcome. for having me. You're welcome. Always as always. Pleasure. Always a pleasure. No better way to close out the year. But before we let you go, though, of course, the shameless plugs. Shameless. Shoot away. Plugs. All right. You guys can follow me on Twitter at JohnNap17. That's J-O-H-N-N-A-P-17. As always, you can check out my John Jordan columns at GrahamsNextDayWrestling.com. I'm sorry that I haven't been posting uh, as frequently as usual or as frequently as I'd like. However, not only did I just get off 
of my finals from school. It is now Christmas break, so I'm enjoying myself. I've been a good boy this year. I wasn't on the naughty list, so I am <laughs> enjoying myself. I will get back to writing as soon as possible. Thank you guys for uh, reading and keeping up. And as I just said, follow me at JohnNap17 on Twitter. Sounds good, John. Thanks again. We'll see you in 2015. Thank you, Gray. Thanks once again to John for joining me for the final episode of WrestleRant Radio of 2014. Always great catching up with him. We were able to record the podcast this morning, watch a little WWE Network, watch an amazing episode of Raw, the final one of 2014. We were also able to play some SmackDown vs. Raw 2007 General Manager Mode. Anyone that knows me well knows that I love that game. John and I started that revolution back two, three, four years ago. And uh, we've been playing ever since. We got to play it for the first time in nearly 18 months. Last night we were playing up. We were up until 4 a.m. playing that game. Such a blast. And I was very, very glad that he was uh, able to invite me over last night, be able to catch up on the WWE Breeze, shoot the WWE Breeze, record the podcast, and talk about the year as a whole for WWE, TNA, and the entire world of wrestling in 2014. So that being said, folks, thank you for joining me on the final episode of 2014. Like I said at the start of the show, it's been a big year for WrestleRant Radio. Got a lot of awesome guests, and here is hoping we can continue to score a lot of success here on the show going into the new year of 2015. Um, A lot of cool guests lined up for the month of January. We're going to be having a Royal Rumble recap show with RJ and I. We recorded it a couple of weeks ago. We're going to be talking about the 2006 Royal Rumble matchup live commentary. First time ever on WrestleRant Radio. It's going to be huge. Check it out. That's coming up soon. Next week on the first ever episode of WrestleRant Radio in 2015, we're breaking down the first episode of Monday Night Raw in the new year. May or may not be um, airing an interview that I have in the can. Probably going to be doing it next week. Stay tuned for more on that on my Twitter, at WrestleRant, Facebook, Graham, Gs, and Matthews. And make sure to stay tuned every single Tuesday for new episodes of WrestleRant Radio, only on NextEraWrestling.net. That being said, folks, thanks again for joining me for a great 2014. Have a very happy new year, and I'll catch you guys in 2015.